0: Hey Willow. Hey Gene. I guess we're going to skip the cat talk this time.
1: Yeah, welcome to Bookstabber, a podcast where we talk about our cats and how much we like and dislike our cats. And also we talk about books, we review books, we recommend them. This is mostly a book recommendation podcast, but sometimes we do talk at great lengths about cats. Uh, I'm Willow Payne. I am the artist of Library Comic and Haunted Skull.
0: And I'm Gene. I am uh, the admirer of Willow's work, who is on this podcast.
1: And what book are we talking about this episode we are talking about
0: a book you actually liked uh that you kind of talked me into reading uh paul anderson's the broken sword which was originally published in 1954
1: that is right uh we are talking about paul anderson's broken and boy do i have a lot to say about this book i hope that you do too uh we're going to spoil the heck out of this book you are going to be so spoiled you shall not ever want to read another book again <laughs>
0: Is that, that, that is not our that is not our goal. No, uh,
1: this is not a book spoiling podcast, but it is a podcast where books do get spoiled. But how else can you talk about a book without spoiling it? It's kind of impossible. That's true.
0: That's true. So spoiler we will. And we need a pitch for the book so that you might maybe you want to go read it before we start talking about it. Willow, please give the pitch for this book.
1: All right. Uh, the pitch for this book. This is set in Viking times in the island of England. There are trolls and there are elves, and they have, since time immemorial, you know, been warring with each other. The gods of Asgard are also real. The, the whole mythological cosmos is in play in the real world. Our hero is a child of a Viking lord who is stolen away and replaced with a changeling baby, and he is raised. Our protagonist is raised by uh, an elf king and raised like one of the elves. His name is Skaflok, and uh, the story is largely about his conflict with his his changeling's baby other self named Valgard who was raised by human parents uh, but eventually comes to learn of his uh, elf troll heritage and becomes embroiled in desires to to kill scofflock it is uh truly an epic adventure there is battle there is romance there is scandal it, it, there are gods and devils and all sorts of crazy things it is at times shakespearean it is uh i i, I don't uh do the the book pitch that the gene does where he just describes every single thing but uh <laughs> they, they, i feel like they, i feel like there's a little too much to describe within the pitch so if you like high adventure if you like mythology if you enjoy
0: still stilted unnatural language
1: <laughs> if you if you enjoy poetic language poetic description of things i i can't recommend this book enough
0: okay i like that pitch i like that pitch that that, that is probably i think that's probably the best pitch you've ever given for a book yeah
1: well and i think it's fitting because of the books that ha- we have read for this podcast i think this is this is my favorite oh wow
0: okay all right
1: I mean I already had read this. So I read this in 2018. I can remember the summer that I read it. And I really liked it, but rereading it now having gone on this book stabber adventure with you, <laughs> I appreciate this book so much more. Really? It is so well written. Yes, this is a great book. Huh. I think it is just it is just great from start to finish.
0: There are things in it that surprised me. There were moments in it that were really really great. There were some that were just like, "Eee." <laughs> but I guess that's every adventure full of violence and and pillaging, I don't know.
1: I feel as this this will be the opposite of most Bookstab episodes, which you are going to nitpick this book, and I'm going to have to defend it. We finally come to this. I don't think it's I don't think it's, don't think it's quite going to be
0: that. I, I mean, I, I I like this book. It was too long for me. I have to say,
1: really. Yeah. I think this book is so short compared to what we read. Like I okay, so right now trying to read what is it the? Hold on, I have to look at the title, the V.E. Schwab book that one of our uh, listeners. Uh, Recommend the, Adi- the Invisible Life of Addie LaRue yeah, yeah. by V. E. Schwab, which uh, I'm enjoying. But God, is that a long book? <laughs> that that book is so long. We we've read so many long books. Do you think this book is long?
0: Well, I, I'll I'll say that like the like structurally the things that happen in this book, like like the way it progresses, because it reads like a because it reads like a a myth. Um, it just goes on for too long for me. It it, it feels like it's not. It feels like it could have just been a few adventures that got the message across. It just feels terribly long. So it's it's that it's that hybrid between like mythology and the modern mm-hmm. novel um, at this time. And you know I think it comes out of the tradition of Tolkien, which wasn't written too much before this. Right, this this well written like a fantasy novel, this well written that was around the like like after Tolkien, but before things like uh, the Elric books, which this clearly influenced as well. Um, mm. And I, I, but I just think it's, it's a little bit too long, especially the second half, you know, it's, it's, it's good. It's fine. But, and I think if it was written out, it'd be wait, it would be much longer, but it would be kind of in a more accessible style.
1: See, that's, that's where we differ is that I think, I think the opposite of what you just said. Mm. I think this book is so accessible. I think that what is the de- amount of description and just narration in this book is just the the correct amount. Oh, you, you I like think this? Yeah, I can see that. It's not entirely fair to compare this to uh, this V Schwab book, but um, like that the book that I'm reading now would be so much shorter if there weren't so many just descriptors of the taste of coffee and how long it took to walk from one <laughs> end of the street to the other. Like there's all the description, it's like this doesn't have anything to do with the actual narrative. It's not adding anything. Whereas like the things that are described in this book are exactly correct. It's like Skaflock had a long winter in Alfheim and he rode some horses and he hunted some boars. Like and then we get on to the next thing. Like it is. It is not dicking around
0: with this stuff. Well, well from that perspective, I, I agree. It's not like uh, it's it's not his everyday existence, right? It's it's his hero's journey, and and the V.E. Schwab book is very much like, well, what wouldn't what would an immortal's um, everyday existence be like in our world for most of it, right? And so, so I think that's why you get those things because you get you get her perspective on what what life is like, and you don't get that. Here, I mean, I think but... they're
1: both indicative of the the time periods and the audiences for which these were written that if you if you had written a book like v schwab back in the 50s i think people would be like wow this is uh this is a lot of book that uh, it's taking a very long time to get anywhere and i think that today that's that's what uh publishers want they like people like reading and they don't care they they, they like longer books because you're getting more bang for your buck and has more shelf space and that's that's good now that didn't used to be good though um, we used to print paperbacks in mass that were you know <laughs> like a hundred pages
0: I'm not, I'm not quite sure it's good but but I but I I, I I hear what you're saying I hear what you're saying I'm gonna struggle with how to talk about this book because I mean I mean I mean I guess I guess my objection to to this is there's so few of those everyday details that when it has something it needs you to know it, it kind of beats you over the head with it right like mythology does and it's fine it starts out with uh the person who fathers scaphlock orm the strong who kind of goes a viking and finds a place he likes in england with his so orm the strong uh comes to comes to england finds a guy's house he wants to buy the guy won't sell then orm burns the house down kills everybody inside the house and the mom gets away, and she's a witch, and she crawls off to the forest, and she curses Orm, and this is kind of the beginning of the whole downfall of Scaflock and Valgard and everything else. And do you remember what the curse was? What she said, like his his eldest son would be fostered beyond the world of men. And uh,
1: I don't know that she gave a specific curse. I think she just wanted to bring ruin upon Orm and all of his lines. No, she did.
0: She 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 spelled out. She spelled out what was going to happen. That Orm would foster a son beyond the world of men, and that uh, a wolf would one day—that Orm would foster a wolf that would one day rend him—is what she said. <laughs> sure. So. So I mean, yeah. So that—that's that, what happens there, right?
1: Right. Orm finds a a nice English girl to uh, to marry and to have children with, and to uh, force to marry him. The, the an elf king named Imerich goes out uh, skulking in the night the way that elf kings do sometimes, finds this witch, talks to her. This witch is like, hey, uh, there's a new baby that was just born, has not yet been christened. If ever there was a time to go steal a baby, now is the Great time. time. to steal a baby, yeah. Because, well, so I actually am a big fan of this weird, I, I wouldn't call this a genre, but this is a thing that I, I enjoy in fantasy. I enjoy fantasy books that are set in the real world in which, like, elves and... Thor and Christianity are all on par with each mm-hmm, other, right? Yeah. <laughs> the elves are really afraid of of Christ and and Yahweh in a big bad way and I appreciate that but also like I wouldn't call this like Christian a Christian novel, right? Like even though Jesus exists but also is not such a big deal as to like appear or like there there are no priests in this book there's nothing actually like really religious about it right well, well
0: there there is there. no one's doing
1: any proselytizing well,
0: but 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 like orm says that he'll he's he's the woman he's gonna marry alfreda uh he says he yeah. says he'll be baptized if he marries her and if if she doesn't marry him he's like i'm gonna throw you off a cliff and burn your house and kill your whole family <laughs> and her father says something funny like yeah well let's save his soul <laughs> Which I thought was it was a great moment, but
1: there's a lot of good humor in this book. It's, it's very, uh, it's not overdone. It's very understated. It is, it is just sort of, it's kind of a dark humor. But yeah, so. But I was going to uh,
0: say that the the you can't if you're human, you can't even utter utter the name of Christ or God where the elves can hear it. They have to run away. The trolls have to run away. And if you're baptized, you're protected. Right. And so, and the world of men is very separate from the world of fairy. They men can't see it. They don't perceive it. They don't they don't really interact unless certain. Kind, kind unless of, you have which sight, unless certain boundaries are crossed, and you have which sight, yeah. I mean, yeah. even if a troll is killing you, you can't you can't see the troll unless you have, unless you have this special uh, sight. So, so, so,
1: Imric goes. He's he discovers that there's a, a human baby. He's like, I'm going to steal this elf baby. It's unchristened. This is perfect. But first, he has to go to his his elf castle, and he has to go to his dungeon. Oh. And he does he does uh within like two hours or something yeah. have a have a child with this captive troll. Uh, which, you know, so this is a, uh, trigger warning, sexual violence. It's not gory. It's not in great detail, but it is a a thing that happens and is technically important to the plot. It's obvious
0: he rapes her Um, and, and, uh, she's his prisoner. She's been his prisoner for 900 years. And then he sings a song and, and she's crazy and and he, he, he goes around her a bunch of times and then he sings a song and then she immediately gives birth to a baby that looks exactly like, uh, the other baby and he goes and swaps it out. And then he brings home the human baby.
1: Well, yeah. So he gets the changeling baby. He he trades it for the human baby, the son of Orm, who he names Scofflock. And we we have, you know, the the growing up of Scofflock is a portion of this book in which he grows up faster than the elves, and he grows up stronger, and the, he can do all the cool stuff that elves can do. The, the, and I, gotta, I gotta say, though, if we go back to...
0: for a second, the troll woman, when she's insane, sure. when she's insane, she gives this great yeah. speech. It starts off with uh, the world is flesh dissolving off a skull. And she just like goes, just kind of goes crazy. And Imric doesn't say anything. He just closes the door and leaves the room. It's like, it's like just one of the saddest, weirdest moments I've ever seen in a fantasy novel. It's, it's so awful. Right? Yeah. It's so terrible. And it's, it's, oh, it's
1: extremely dark. And it's
0: so nicely written. And I was like, wow, this is, this is 1954 fantasy. Like this is, this is grim stuff. And, and it all just comes at you like almost out of nowhere, and then the elves are just elves and oh aren't they nice <laughs> they're kind of lithe and water like <laughs> and they move like air and they have like very light hair and scaflocks having a great time amongst them and i mean it's weird
1: i really i really appreciate the the descriptions of of elves in these that they are they are appropriately alien and that they they're lovers of beauty and the hunt and mm-hmm. all these things but also like they it is said that they do not know love like they don't really have relationships the way that humans do and they they, they just don't value the same things we value and of course you know their right. their anathema is is christianity and and they're just they're just weird they're just weird folks they kind of live
0: forever but they have no passion for anything it seems like um so they need somebody like they, they need they need uh human babies once in a while to kind of help them out to give them that passionate feels like it's very strange but
1: well i think the the big reason that they that uh, emric wants a human baby is because uh is humans are great weapons against trollkind which they are in sort of immortal war against that uh, that that one of the nice things about humans is they can wield iron weapons and armor and and iron is super bad to both elves and trolls and so having a uh having someone who can wield iron against them is is a
0: big deal. Right, right. And, but but also there's like there's a thing where like, like elves don't have very many kids. They they just have no passion, they don't reproduce very quickly. So there, there's no children and so having a child in uh what's what's Elfhue? Is that is that the place where he lives, the castle? Is that how you say it? You listen to the audiobook, right?
1: There's Elfhame,
0: is elf, Elfhame is like the elf civilization i think but but El- e- it's yeah it's like in the book it's elf h-e-u-g-h is like the the place where he lives and where gora the troll princess is kept captive and sure
1: but i yeah i don't know how i don't remember the name
0: coming so up. the elves are having a big party and he he gives the elf or he gives he gives a human baby to he gives the human baby to uh leah to raise and then one of the aesir skirnir comes and gives a blade uh that's broken and says that um only the giant bulverk can make it whole again. And it's, it's, uh, the Aesir's gift against a time when scaflock needs a good weapon. Uh, and that kind of leads to more of the ruin like later on. And then, and then everything is, is kind of, kind of go for scaflock to be raised as an elf. And he seems to have a great time, including, uh, getting laid all, all kinds of ways. Cause the elf ladies are a little hornier than, than the elf men and they have, they have nobody to take care of them. So he's very popular.
1: Yeah. Right. I will say that, uh, this book does a lot of, You know, sort of fantasy wish fulfillment in that you know our protagonist become like he's he becomes the best elf that ever lived. You know, he's super strong and he learns magic super fast and he does all the cool shit and he beds all the ladies. There's a there's a lot of the book that is just sort of dedicated to praising how cool scofflock is that he's he's just great at everything he does and he never really screws up.
0: And so everything's going along fine and then 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 the book cuts back to uh, the witch. (laughs) like like it's very strange she's like she's in her hut in her hut and her familiar is a rat remember the scene and the rat is she breastfeeds the rat but the rat bites her bites her and just drinks her blood and whispers in her ear when she sleeps it's so gross.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, it's uh, but see that I love that though. Like that's a that is a witch. It was great. It was know? great.
0: I was like, "Wow, that's yeah, that's I was like that's a good that's a good scene there. That's that I was That is some heavy metal
1: witch stuff right there. Yeah, when you're when a rat sucks blood from your breast uh, <laughs> that's great that's great stuff man well and then it
0: cuts back to to uh valgard the changeling nobody knows he's a changeling he's just kind of a, a jerk beyond a jerk he has no friends but people follow him
1: uh, animals don't like him dogs hate him <laughs> like.
0: there's more sexual violence in the fields he starts to take 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 his way with whoever and his dad has for to pay sure. he be, pay he, for that he kills people he
1: becomes a viking pretty fast and is real good at it yeah, he's a berserker you know mm-hmm Always biting a shield, frothing at the mouth.
0: And then uh and then his brother finds the witch. The witch is at the center of all this. I love the witch. His brother Kettle finds the witch, and uh, she presents herself as an attractive right. the, lady in the woods.
1: The witch is very much the Iago of the story who is conspiring to make all events happen and bring about the downfall of Form's family. And and so she's a she's a great character. She, you know, just perfectly she she's not like villain with a capital V, but she is the, the puppeteer behind all these things and, and just just delightful. Right. <laughs> delightful. <laughs>
0: I don't know if I would use the word delightful. Yeah, but I'm, she, a,
1: she, I'm on I'm on the Great British Baking Show now and oh it's just delightful the way the witch.
0: So it's it's not moist enough. It's overbaked. The witch is overbaked.
1: It's called a soggy bottom, doesn't it? Mm.
0: <laughs> it's hilarious that you watch that show. You watch that show? I'm, I'm I'm trying to digest this now. I
1: don't I don't watch it in like religiously. I have seen many oh. bits of it. Yeah, I've I've seen episodes of it, but it's not a uh, hmm. it's it's not on frequently in my household.
0: I I enjoy that show despite despite not really wanting to enjoy that show. Uh, my wife and my wife and daughter love it.
1: it. Makes me want a lot of exotic pastries that I can't get access to. <laughs>
0: So, let's see. So, so Kettle takes up with the witch. Is gone for like 3 days and then Valgard goes out to find Kettle and finds him with the witch and is like, "Hey, there's only one bed here. I think I'm taking it tonight with her." And Kettle goes, "Nah, I don't think so." And then Valgard loses his temper as changelings are wont to do and puts his axe right in Kettle's head.
1: Yeah, if uh, if anyone suspects that Gene is uh, exaggerating, this is this is 100% what happens. Uh yeah, Valga- Valgard kills his brother in anger over this beautiful woman who he does not know is actually a horrid, horrid witch.
0: Right, can't see her. can't see her for who she is or what she is or where he where she is. And then he buries his brother in a cairn, hides him. Says, "Oh, I couldn't find him." And then his other brother, Asmund, goes out and finds Kettle in in this cairn <laughs>
1: very quickly with with yeah. the
0: axe still in his head, with Valgard's axe still in his head, and he goes, "Hey, everybody knows that's your axe, man." And then Valgard. <laughs> immediately, like, grabs a weapon and kills his dad, lays about him, runs away into the night, gets some followers, says, well, we're going to take off, but, uh, oh, oh, he goes, no, he goes back to the witch, and the witch says, you're not, it, like, he's he's bemoaning the fact that he's killed his father, and she goes, oh, it's not really your dad anyway, don't worry, you're like half troll, half elf, you're a changeling, you should actually go to the troll king's uh, spot and see if he'll give you a job, and he goes, well, okay, I'm going to get some men together, and he says, hey, we're going to we're gonna go to this other place, we're going to go to Finland, Finnmark. It's,
1: it's not just enough to go, you know, seek out your your troll grandpa but you should take your sisters uh your 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 foster sisters as payment take a gift like that that'll get the trolls to really like you you know which is being very uh she, she really wants these these orm children dead
0: and that yeah right well that was her vow and then and then he goes back and does he like the place on fire when his sister after his sister's come out and kills his mom or so he thinks
1: i can't remember but he you know the place is, is it's amiss. pretty it's it's it's, it's, it's pretty bad i can't
0: remember if he kills his brother then or before He takes his men and his sisters and he goes towards the trolls. He's somehow sent a message to them. I can't remember. Oh, 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 there's that great scene where I can't remember. He goes to the, he goes to the witch and kind of pledges his love to the witch. And the last thing she does is gives him the witch sight. And so he can see her. And when he sees her for what, what she is and who she is, like the hag that she is and the hovel around them where where she's been keeping him, where they've been having sex all the time. And he's horrified and tries to kill her, but she turns into a rat and flees and then he takes off for Trollland. yes somewhere in there and then like scaflock is making an elf raid on trollheim at the same time he's he's on his way and we find out that scaflock is now the woman who raised him uh leah he's now leah's lover uh which it, she's like eh, it doesn't matter it's all the same we're undying you know uh, it, it's whatever. right
1: she has a very strange relationship with she 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 loves scaflock so much in a way that it's obvious that no elf loves anyone right uh, but like simultaneously, as mother, as lover, there, there's some you know, there's some weird incest stuff in this book. Very uh, but strange. also, I think the, the book tells us that incest is bad. It's not. I don't. I wouldn't say it's like glorifying it.
0: Well, I think it's 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 it's, it's the elves don't care. The elves clearly have a different value system, which I like in this book. Uh, right. They just don't.
1: That's true. Which I guess then comes in later and it, it, it reinforces Scarflex own you know sort of warped morality. Right. Uh, so.
0: So, so... I I'm, yeah, so I'm trying to remember what happens next. So 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 Valgard takes his men to like Trollheim, to the edge of Trollheim, and when they arrive, they they're expecting him, and his men get off and they can't even see the trolls. And the trolls just tear them apart. Like literally tear them apart. And his sisters see this, and this the steersman on the boat sees this. And then the steersman realizes that Valgard has delivered them all to this, and the steersman comes for Valgard, and he kills him, and then takes his sisters and gives them to the troll king, Ilreid, his father. No, his grandfather. Ilreid is his grandfather, because Gora is Ilreid's daughter and then do i think scaflock and the elves land see the dead humans go to attack the trolls and uh don't do so well is that right they, can't, they kind of lose the fight
1: uh yeah i think that uh it's it's more or less a stalemate
0: but they have to flee they they have to they they try to take the troll king's head they don't succeed and Skaflok flees but Skaflok ends up with his two biological sisters like running away they think he is Valgard which he takes no hint from hey maybe something's going on the fact that Valgard looks exactly like him this is not a very smart man Skaflok
1: well does he get does he get both of his sisters i think one of his sisters might die there well right? he
0: gets he gets Frida and Asgard, but Asgard is killed in a fight when he fights uh Valgard like yeah. Askerr is killed um and th- th- right, they're horribly right. outnumbered running for their ships they run back to to uh, elfheim to the to Imerich castle the
1: yeah, does get away with frida his uh, his biological sister and not just gets
0: away with her uh, falls for her <laughs> falls for her hard
1: oh yeah in a big bad way um and and she falls for him. Their their suit, but obviously there's confusion because Skaflok uh, looks just like Volgard. Although I think it's really interesting. Uh, they describe at one point that like I mean Volgard, you know, he looks human, but like obviously he's he's a little messed up. Like his he, he's always you know grimacing or has a wolf like grin. He's very toothy smiles. You know he's got dark hair. He's got pale skin but Skaflock has sort of like platinum blonde hair from hanging out with elves and his mm. skin is really tan for some reason. Like you, like I just imagine him as having like a spray on tan the whole time. And I, you know, I,
0: I, I want to say to this point, I'm like really into this book. I'm like, and, and then there's all these hints, like this is where it starts to kind of get weird for me. I mean, Imric knows where scaflock is from. He immediately knows that scaflock is Frida's brother really. And they shouldn't know this. And um,
1: mm-hmm.
0: like, like, like th- there are hints directly to scaflock that he should never find out who his father was. The knowledge would wreck, wreck him basically, right? Wreck the world. Um, and and Imrik's like, ah, it won't matter. He's an elf anyway. Who cares? He, elves don't care about that sort of thing, you know. And scaflock kind of realizes how lonely he was when he meets Frida. Now he has somebody like him who's not going to live for a long time. And Leah isn't even. She's a little upset. She's more upset than she should be, but she's not that upset. Um, and then. And then, like, Imric realizes the only other person who kind of knows about scaflock is the witch. So they go out to hunt the witch. And the witch has had direct dealings with the devil that we've seen at some point, too. And she calls for the devil. And the devil's like, because she can hear the elf, the, the, the wild hunt is out after her. And she can she can hear them coming. And the, the devil's just like, why would I help you? You're just like my servant. Like, I don't care about you. Who cares? And Imric's there to quash the secret of scaflock's birth. And uh, the witch is just torn asunder, which is too bad because it's like I, I want the witch around. The witch makes the story so good, right? Um, she's a great villain. She's a much better villain than than Valgard, and now she's gone. And now, now we now, but we have the witch's plot still working, and we have the the whatever the Norns are planning with the broken sword is still working, right?
1: What I what I really enjoy about this novel is that. Um it's not just the, the the witch isn't the villain like there there is really no one villain of this story there's a lot of things happening at any given time that and basically everyone is kind of a rat bastard when you get down to it like yeah 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 the 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 witch is bad valgard is bad i mean Scott Fox, honestly not really good he just happens to be the character that we follow you know imric is an absolute bastard uh, the trolls are are terrible you know. Well,
0: and, and that's the thing. Like, like, you, who am I rooting for here? Like, like, it's so weird, right? I mean, it, it, it's so much different than the Elric that's... book, where it's like, it's like Elric is at least he's at least engaged in the world. He's out trying to discover things to help his civilization. Like Elric, Elric has this evil sword, and he's he's doing bad things, but he's kind of got a motivation. Like Scaflock is just trying to kill the trolls because they're trolls. And and it's it's fine, but it but there's not even much motivation there. Like like he like after like they try to there's a big sea battle where he's going to go devastate the trolls and the trolls win, right? And it's not just the trolls, it's the trolls and monsters and and devils and demons from every other land on the earth including Japan, like very far afield. <laughs> Plus there's werewolves and vampires and ghouls. It's like it's like the Ready Player 1 of monsters, right? I'm surprised Godzilla doesn't come into the into the <laughs> sea um at some point i love
1: that though. it is that, it is that's great it,
0: it, it's it's it's, very, it's fun it's fine um the elves try to the elves just try to go to ireland and go hey will you will like you, you're the uh the, the city is that what they're called i don't know how to pronounce that word the
1: oh the the she
0: the she is what they're called the uh, interior non og those those ones yeah.
1: they're, they're the elves allies yeah, and,
0: and they won't the even thing. help they're just like yeah we're not helping you we don't care we got enough treasure we're fine and <laughs> <laughs> and so it's 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 insane and so he fights like scaflock fights valgard again at some point at sea and um like doesn't go very well uh again there's no resolution uh and scaphlock some, at some point is very heroic and kills a troll barehanded first time anybody's ever done that elf or human what a hero but they lost the fight and now the elves are just devastated elf civilization is is kind of gone right uh leah knows this is happening she frees frida sent, sets her free um And Leah Leah has such a dark moment where um, the elf women stay in the castle when the trolls come to kind of, there's going to be there for the trolls. And she's going to, she knows the trolls are going to become her lovers. And she's like, well, you know, I'm going to find that interesting for a time. It's so dark. The caresses of trolls. (laughs) (laughs) And then Ilred comes into the the elf place and he wants to free his daughter who's been a captive there for 900 years. She's uh, Valgard's mother by by imric and they they take imric prisoner um angora has another speech where it's just horrific they free her and she's like doesn't even believe it right uh it's it's it's,
1: it's extremely dark it's yeah. so dark
0: it's so dark like she's basically like i'm already dead and i think they they kill her
1: yeah they I think Valgard puts her out of her misery, misery, like at the behest of his grandfather. Um, he'll
0: read. and and then uh, somebody does. Yeah, and then and then um, they string Imric up over a fire that never dies, and Valgard just goes down there mm-hmm. toward the end of the book a couple times, just whips him, just whips him like skinless. It's it,
1: hangs him, hangs him by his thumbs. By his thumbs.
0: Oh, that sounds awful.
1: Yeah,
0: um, that's the idea. And then Leah becomes Valgard's lover, which is super dark. Oh, this guy looks just like Scafflock. I think I'll take him into my bed. Um, gets him to kill another uh, troll lord who's somewhat—he's got something wrong with him. I can't remember if he's blind or or if he's hurt in some way. And then there's like all this stuff about like 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 Frida is ends up with Scaflock. Scaflock kind of saves her. But to—is um, that when she makes the deal with Odin? Like like or no? That's later. That's later. So so she finds Scaflock. They're kind of scattered. The elves are scattered. And then he's kissing her, and he remembers that he remembers the sword that he was given at birth by the Aesir and he's like oh that's actually that's actually uh, hidden in elfhu so i need to go uh, go get that back but he also thinks the asir and the jotuns they they have they are like they're making some kind of game against all of us like we are just pieces in their game so so Scaflock has to steal into into elfhu his former home uh, where Least is living with his his evil twin <laughs> who she's taken as her lover uh, and And she's clearly passionate about, uh, and she helps him, um, kind of, kind of look at what, what's happening to Imric. helps us see what's happening to Imric, And then, uh, she helps him find the broken sword, which is behind a wall somewhere. Uh, and, and, um, she urges him to wall it up again. Like, like it's very clear. Everybody who sees the sword from this point on says it's evil and he shouldn't be using it. Right. It's covered, it's covered Mm -hmm. in runes. It's awful. He has to take it to this giant and Jotun to, to have it reforged. um, but everybody is terrible and he runs away from the castle and he's being pursued and they're going to kill him because the sword isn't, isn't uh, powerful yet it's not, it's not reforged and Odin comes to Frida and says I can save him but if I save him you have to give me what's behind your girdle now I don't know what she thought he was talking about
1: <laughs> uh, Scofflock had given Frida a flask that had sort oh. of a super potion in it I don't remember what the potion was for but it, it was, was to make a... her sleep for a couple a days ext- so
0: they thought she was dead so she could escape
1: something like yeah. that yeah and so that's he she is hiding this flask behind her girdle and so naturally this is what uh frida thinks that that odin means yeah what else could it possibly what be? else was yeah what else could you it know? be
0: well it's something it's something much more much worse uh it is the baby she doesn't know she carries yet uh which odin will come and claim later right um and then what they, they raise her her whole dead family <laughs> to find out where the giant is somehow they know like
1: i want to I just want to pause and say that I really love the way that um odin and the and the Norse gods are represented in this book that every every time they show up, everyone is sort of like terrified that you know, they're gonna <laughs> that, like that, like something's about to go down. It's like being with a like a cowboy in a saloon, like right like oh no we don't want to be here when this happens i was going through it again and um,
0: he's and, in there a lot more than i thought and it's, it's always odin it's never anybody else right so it's 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 kind of uh, focused
1: well no it's a there are a couple well because the guy who delivers the broken sword at the beginning oh, that's is, right. is not odin. that's right uh Scott Flock actually just happens upon tear in the woods oh that's right um, that's
0: right tear from the other book we read is that right
1: well, I mean, Tear is a, from the other book. Yes, Tyr, Tyr specifically from the book where you dangle a goblinoid over a cliff and not from Norse mythology. <laughs> That's right. I can't even remember the name of that stupid book. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, The Hammer and the, the, Horn, Hammer and the by Horn by uh, Jan Michael Friedman.
0: Yeah, you pulled it faster than I could. <laughs> Tyr of the Genes. Tear who's come to Earth and become a sculptor.
1: Well, no, the, you're you're confused. Tear was not the protagonist. Oh,
0: wasn't wasn't that Tyr? Who, um, who was that? Tear
1: is a is a war god who has one of his hands cut off. The guy who was the protagonist of that book was uh, someone much less. Tear is what Tuesday is named after. Right, as, right, right, uh, right, right. No, that guy is just some chump ass deity that nobody cares about. He, he got promoted for by virtue of being the protagonist of the book. I don't know. But, I think um, he was
0: Thor's brother, if I remember correctly. We looked it up. What no, is... I
1: think you're right. I think he is Thor's brother, but, like, eh, whatever. Lots of people are Thor. Yeah, brother.
0: Odin got That's around. Fine. It's fine. Yeah.
1: He sure did. Anyway, so, yeah, Tyr does show up. Uh, Odin shows up a couple times, but, yeah, every time he shows up, uh, like, his eyes burn like cinders, and his cloak floats, uh, flaps like a bat wings, and... Mm-hmm it's very cool you know thunder cracks behind him he's they do a good job of uh making odin seem like a guy you don't want to mess with i
0: i just don't like the second half of this book that much i have to say though like, like it doesn't
1: it's not as good as the first half i'll grant you it's gonna yeah okay <laughs> i i won't i won't argue with that um it doesn't
0: it, it, it doesn't it doesn't bring it home it it, it telegraphs the end so much and then it doesn't even happen in a very interesting way. And I mean, it's it, it's fine. I mean, it does what it promises right. to do. So I don't I don't feel betrayed by the end of the book. But um, everybody knows the sword's going to kill uh, Scaflok. He does go and get it reforged. One of the one of the deities from Tirnanog, Mananan, goes with him. He's a Meninon, he's a sea god. Yeah. Um, I mean, like like the truth about Scaflok and Frida being siblings is revealed by her father and brother's ghosts. I think. Uh, when they tell where uh, the giant Bulverk is, so, they, so that he go have the sword reforged, and then she goes off, and she's pregnant, and she takes up with her neighbors, and the boy there really likes her, and Scafflock goes off to the land of the giants and has all these adventures. And there's a very nice, I think one of my favorite moments in this book. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna defend the book for a minute. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say that I um, there's a there's a moment where um, they talk about all the the adventures uh, scaflock and Manon had on the way back that they can't really talk about in detail, and they just say, "Here's here's here's a list of all the things they had. They fought a dragon. There was a burning mountain, a bottomless chasm, uh, the current of the of the giantesses, uh, fishing in a river that ran from hell, and what they caught there. It's like it's great. It's like that's a great paragraph, right? Like like I love that kind of thing from mythology, and that 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 made me very happy but they sail a lot of uh, jotunheim back to midgard and then mm-hmm. and then everything happens just like you think you would like scaflock goes he finds out Frieda's pregnant and you know he becomes a berserker and he's just killing trolls all over the place and but even as he's doing that imric is like oh this is not going to end well that sword is that sword is a bad idea everybody keeps saying that right right
1: you know the, well it's a tragedy right like everyone it and it is shakespearean in that way of like everyone dies at the in hamlet and uh it you, we would we would like it if maybe hamlet had lived or ophelia had lived but no everybody everyone's got to die and so everyone dies
0: but it's not it's, but it's not uh, it's not a tragedy it, because i don't care i don't identify well, with everybody that's a, i mean yeah, that's a you problem. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> well, no no, I mean I'm curious why why did you why did you care what was happening at this point? Like like he's not he's not heroic as you said. I mean, he is he is clearly the hero of the book. He's trying to he's trying right. he's trying to do things. Like he has agency, right? Uh but but like there is no part of me that identifies with him. I mean, he's in love. I guess that's a little bit. He has he's having emotions by the second like sure. by, by the second third of the book he's he's in love he has some passions um,
1: maybe you, you know you you raise an interesting question um and i it, i don't identify with scofflock i don't identify with anyone in this book and maybe that's maybe that's a thing that i have with books in general is that like i'm not actually looking to identify with the characters and sometimes i do identify with characters and mm-hmm. that's cool when that happens um some you know i i i can name fictional characters i identify with but I think what I do appreciate about it is that like cool shit happens. That uh, I'm I'm here because I enjoy seeing Scathlock go crazy and wield the demon sword and just 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 kill everybody. That like that that to me is satisfying.
0: Yeah, yeah, and, but, uh, and, but that only takes me so far. Like the, the reason the Addie Larue book is so good, like the V. E. Schwab book about Addie Larue, is because you start to at least I when I read it, I started to identify with what her life is like you start to kind of go oh this this actually like i might wish for everlasting life but it's not all it's cracked up to be which a lot of books have done i've seen that done before but the way schwab Mm -hmm. does it is is different from the way other people have done it It's, it's very detailed it's very now i think i think all those details that you talk about that you don't like as much i liked because you're you're in her head and you're experiencing the world through her eyes and it's it's very interesting well, no, no. I mean, I well, would... can I? Yeah, go ahead. Okay.
1: Okay. So there's this one part that's fairly early in the book that I really just Are you talking about the
0: Schwab, the Schwab book or the the broken sword? The,
1: the Schwab book the the Invisible Life of Addie Room. Mm-hmm. Now, okay, let, let me rephrase. I'm in, I'm enjoying the book so far. I like the premise. I'm I'm interested to see where it's going. I just think it's overwritten. I just think that I just think it need it needs to be edited down a bit. So okay, there's a part where uh this is a dumb detail that that sticks out in my mind but there's a because it's just so writerly there's a part where the main character is drinking coffee we she she has coffee and she drinks it and there's a, a poetic description of like the the dark warmth coated her throat and and i'm just like dude we know what coffee is Every everyone knows what coffee is. I don't I don't care that you've invented a new way to describe what coffee is. It's coffee. This is not this is nothing. Well, I haven't
0: I haven't and, I haven't, and, I, haven't and, I haven't read it again so I can't defend that passage but <laughs>
1: I'm not. It's not like a paragraph long. It's not. It's not even that long. It's just that like that level of detail is applied to everything. What the the strappy sandals that she's wearing, the vintage coat that she's wearing, the way that uh, her eyes sparkle like tourmalines in the in the dumpster of a long forgotten bodega. Like there's just all of these details where it's like I know what eyeballs I are. I know what hair is. Like this is fine. We don't need. We don't. Not everything has to be limpid pools of of starlight that (laughs) i when when it's something like like she could just drink her coffee that's fine and and that's the thing like they, you do that early in the novel, and then just like she drinks coffee several times. She's drinking coffee like ten times. I'm a fourth into this book, and she's drank so much coffee. And it's the the coffee is not described this way every time, but the first time she drinks coffee, oh, that's a big deal.
0: When you're immortal, you got to have a lot of coffee. I mean, Schwab 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 to me is an amazing writer. Uh, I've read a lot of the adult uh, fantasy novels that she's written and fantastic um the high fantasy high fantasy i think you'd like particularly
1: when i was in college um there was a, a literary journal that i picked it up and i was reading it i just can never forget some short story or poem in it in which someone is it's like someone is just at a college party and drinking a beer and the author described it as like i beheld my cup of dark poison and I'm like, dude, whatever, it's beer. It's it's beer. It's not dark poison. It's, that's a, it's a, maybe, maybe I'm just mad because it's uh it's a bad metaphor, right? Like th- there are other metaphors of beer that are probably perfectly fine that I, that I would never think twice about, or that I would go, ooh, that's a good metaphor for beer. But the fact that it's like, I don't, I know that it's poisonous in an extremely abstract sense. I know that it, you know, has mm-hmm. these connotations with it, but like, you just seem like a loser when you describe it that way and that's how i feel about uh the, the coffee thing. Well, well I, it, don't, it, I don't. <laughs> I don't.
0: Well, it sounds like it sounds like it sounds like Schwab's use of language in that moment popped you out of the book and made you realize you were reading a book. It made you. It made you see the writer behind the book, which is which is never a good moment for me when I experience it in a book. And I know we all experience that differently. I will say, right, that's I,
1: accurate. And
0: yeah. I, I will say this book never really did that to me. This book is internally consistent. Like like it's obvious it's a it's a tale written by a writer, but it kind of has the same level throughout. Although, the thing I hated about this book the most is the chanting. Or the poetry bits, mm-hmm. like I, I couldn't stand that. There, there's a really cool scene where um, the elves before they
1: swiftly they, goes the swordplay.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where, where the elves before the um, before the naval battle, I think it was. Mm-hmm. They do the sword dance where the where yeah. it's like so fast, and Frida's watching it, and so we get to see it kind of through Frida's eyes, which is interesting. And scaflock
1: I love that part. I love that part so much.
0: scaflock can't even do the dance because if if anybody's cut or killed. Um, it's a bad omen for the battle. And there's 99 verses and scaflock becomes the caller. And it's kind of a poetic calling um, as he's calling out these verses. Everybody, the swords are swinging and the the elves are dancing and elf maidens, unarmed elf maidens are dancing. And, and then I think it's Leah that gets cut and then somebody else gets cut because they see her get cut and people are going to be killed. And then Imric calls a halt to it. And it's a wonderful moment, but that, 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 oh, that elf or not elf poetry but the poetry there really yeah. really bugged me i didn't like it i
1: think i think part of why i like this book so much something that i really look for when i'm reading fiction is just is the escapism yeah i, yeah. I am looking to escape and this book does escapism so well that i this this world that is described is so much more real to me than dozens of other books that i've read yeah it's uh and, and I think part of that is that the narration, you, you, you say that it doesn't take you out of it. And, and I agree, but, w- w- you know, it does feel like it is being told to you by someone who lived, you know, who who was a Viking, who, who is not from this time period. It is...
0: Uh, I, 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 I don't disagree with that. Um, but I would and say... I appreciate
1: that uh, very much.
0: I, I would say... In a, yeah, it's interesting. I hadn't really, I hadn't really thought about what you what you like about these books before, and that you don't really identify with anybody. I need, I definitely need a point of view character in a way that I don't usually think about. I just need, I need somebody who like the Murderbot um, books by Martha Wells. Yeah. Like, it's so interesting to be in that character's mind to see to see everything from that character's point of view. Um, sure, you know,
1: I I can identify with Murderbot, you know, and I and I enjoy identifying with Mur- Murderbot. It's and and I think that book, if if you didn't like the way that Murderbot, you know, narrated, that right. book would be unreadable, right?
0: Well, it's so much more character based than this book. This book, yeah. this book has none of that. This book has none of the like. Scafflock is a great guy. Scafflock is trying to do okay things, but not really things we identify with. It, it, it will, strangely, Valgard has more of a moral moral quandary. Like Valgard is always wondering if he's just killed. One of his family members, if he's done right, he actually takes the right. sister he slays back to uh, the world of men and buries her in a churchyard. And he's like, "Why am I doing this? This is—I'm not even human. She's not my sister. Like, what am I doing?" And mm-hmm. you know, he's got—he's got real angst about—is he just a shadow of Scaflock? Is he—is he a person? Is he his own thing? Like, it goes throughout the book, right? We should like like, like that's a much better character to see the story through in certain ways sure. than scaflock is right but we don't right we don't, I, don't,
1: I don't disagree with that
0: we don't get much of it um and so yeah i don't i mean i mean they're clearly i mean i mean it's it's not a surprise that uh <laughs> oh, oh Scathlock's sword too it's very much like Elric's sword i have to say it's very much like stormbringer it's got runes on it uh when it's pulled it has to be blooded it seems to have a will of its own it makes him kill people that he doesn't want like yeah it was it was so it was so interesting to see that and be like oh this is like 16 years before Morcock wrote that Morcock probably read this as a as a kid, you know, or, or maybe as a young man and was like, oh, this I'm going to write a book like that one day. It was very cool. It was very cool to read that and see that. This, the, So this book's place in the history of fantasy is very interesting to me. Sure. Um, at least at least. In...
1: Well, I just want to say that, like, you know, with regards to me having characters to identify with, like I've gone on the record as saying that I really don't like character studies like hmm. if, if I go to a movie and the movie is just a character study mm-hmm. I, I hate it huh. that's not to say that characters character studies are not universally bad but often character study comes at the uh, expense of a of a plot right of like meaningful conflict and resolution. And that is I, I what, what I like about this book is that it is it is plot. It has plot. The plot happens. It makes sense. It, it, at no point I'm like, oh, man, I wish it plot was different. Like, no, it does. It does everything I wanted it to do.
0: Mm. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I mean, I, like the thing I found disappointing at the end is like when Odin comes for Frida's baby um and takes mm-hmm. it and she's kind of surprised and then and then um odin says that basically that scaflok has to die he, mm-hmm. like, he, he kind of says to her that like scaflok is going to die because if he doesn't he's going to bring about ragnarok and we don't want that to happen yet we actually want this kid to bring about ragnarok but that'll be later he'll use the sword later so that's this kid's <laughs> right. destiny that's this kid's destiny but if you go to scaflok right now he won't mm-hmm. he won't die like you, you, it's either you or it's it's the sword for Scaff. And so Frida actually goes against her religion, against her morals. Decides mm-hmm. love wins the day. Apologizes to to God and Jesus, and then goes to seek Scaflock. And then Scaflock and Valgard are fighting. Do you remember how? Do you remember how they die? It's so silly. Do you remember? It's it's
1: blurry. I because I'm reading. I was reading two books at once. I don't know. He's is he dealt like a mortal wound first? What? Go
0: ahead. Well, well. So so uh, so Scaflock is leading the elves. And they're going to take Elfhue again, Imric's castle, and they're going to go in and free them. And so all the elf women who are the the trolls' lovers now uh, betray the trolls at the same time via Leah, she, who throws keys over the wall to the elves, right? And they let themselves in the gates. Uh, apparently, there's a padlock that that was a height of security in the old days. So they come in, and Valgard and Scaflock have this fight. Scaflock is wounded, I think, and then I think Valgard grabs the sword. Like like like, Scaflock is hurt, but he sees Frida coming. And then Valgard like grabs the sword from him and kills, or he 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 deals scaflock a mortal wound. And then the sword is slippery, and it kind of falls, <laughs> it falls out of Valgard's hands. And then he impales himself on it and cuts his own throat. And then scaflock has this moment with Frida at the end, where he says he loves her, and then he dies. And then yeah, and then we cut to the very cold Lea. And Frida's still there, and, and Leah, and Imrik is freed now. And Leah just says, "Hey, why don't we just kill Frida? Who cares? You know, we're immortal. It's all good." And Imric says, "No." Like basically, helping her is the last thing they can do for Scafflock, and that's the end of the book. It's so grim. <laughs> it's more elf grimness. But it's like it's like even that end. That end comes in a paragraph. That's just it's just so like bam right there. It, it's it's over. The whole the whole book is over in a moment in a moment, which I guess is okay, but. <laughs> It was very unsatisfying, I have to say. It, I just felt like it felt like it was so close to being just a summary, in a sense. I mean, it wasn't quite. It was much. It was more more of a novel than a summary. Like my objection to a lot of mythology is, you get you get summaries unless they've been rewritten by by writers of different eras to give you to give you kind of a story, right? In modern terms, they they're, they kind of seem to function more as more as summaries or more as poetry, or they have you know depending on the era and the culture that produced them. Like, like the myth is told a different way, and we want something with dialogue and description. You know, something that that hangs together for us uh, in English.
1: Well, I mean, there, but there is dialogue and description. It's just not present tense right like it's
0: no no no, 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 no there is there, there is but it hangs it hangs close to that that edge of mythology right it, it does go towards summary like you were saying and then right. Scaflock spent the winter hunting right i mean like it's just like yeah. like, like like that's interspersed so it's i
1: just feel like that's a generational thing like i feel like if i were to go down to my library right now and find a book from the 60s like, there'd just be so much more of that than, than there is today. I,
0: I, I agree, but it also depends on the time frame of the book and the way time is handled in the book. Because so many, I, I feel like more novels that are written now are more of the Schwab thing, where it's day by day by day, right? you yeah, you got kind of, to kind of come into a character's life and spend agree. a week with them. So
1: right and i find that uh, <laughs> that is um, not always conducive i think to good storytelling hmm. that sometimes we need to be able to jump forward in time and yeah i don't know i feel like if i were to uh, if i were to find a random phil k dick book and pull it off the shelf you would not you would not sit with those characters 24/7 yeah
0: but i think dick's dick's books are their own thing like they're very they, they really hang with characters sometimes in situations where you're like, why are we listening to this conversation at all? Why do I need to know this conversation? You know, there's, there's so much of that where sure. it's just like, it, like then there's like subtle reflections in those conversations of uh-huh. the time and the space and the weird setting. And th- then the weirdness kind of permeates because of like the conversation like three people are having in an office or something. Right. And you're like, Mm -hmm. what is going on here? And and that's, that's the, that's the thing that I think Dick did so well, where this book has none of that, right? This book doesn't have like a bunch of people having conversations. The conversations are all so pointed here. So, so, so directly to like, well, this is the thing we need to know right now. And I guess, I guess the thing that bothers me in the second half of this book, particularly just because I got tired of it so much. And this is the thing all books do, but I think the way this book does it is very much the, the way mythology does this is it just keeps reminding you of the same thing over and over again oh this guy with the sword he's doomed this sword is his doom sword bad oh it's going to be terrible when they when when he finds out that she's his sister isn't it oh we have to keep this from happening don't tell him okay um oh by the way you look exactly like my brother but hey don't realize anything like like that you know it's it's so strange there's so many things that are just so pain, painfully obvious in a real way that i mean i understand why why they're not realize at this point but it's but it's just weird yeah
1: i mean it's like a fairy tale there's tons of things that just sure. wouldn't make any sense you know yeah you, you, you couldn't have rumple still skin happen in the anything resembling the real world not just be, even if magic existed because it's just like yeah how could these people realistically interact yeah you just couldn't
0: yeah well i, I always feel like in old fairy tales, sometimes it, it we've been told those stories so many times that it feels like the people are dumb Right. Which isn't which isn't fair. But that's there's a sense of that here.
1: Well, they, I mean, they could be done, but that's not the that's not the point is that uh, these things are, are happening in such a way.
0: Well, no, no, but it feels like it feels like um, like when you have a science fiction movie that where like that's kind of set in our world, but it feels like there's never been a science fiction movie in that world. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, like there's a there's a well, like like there'll be a movie about an alien invasion that's happening now, but they they've never seen like Independence Day or Star Wars or Close Encounters or anything because they don't reference those things. So it's like this is this is a fresh idea. They do there.
1: reference it. It's really trite in the way that they do it.
0: Well, and I, I feel like in this book, like like Frida Frida's reaction to Odin is like so surprised whereas like no that's that's what odin does right and like it's not like she lived in a world without these stories odin's clearly there he's a presence right there's elves and trolls and stuff and people would seem to know about fairy and the goblins and and whatever else but it's almost like there's no there's no real knowledge of of those things like nobody really realizes that uh Valgard is a changeling like he, they have to be told like the stories of changelings aren't aren't well,
1: but how well, how would the people in Valgard's immediate family know that he was a changeling before? Like he, he was a weird kid, right? Right,
0: right, right, right. But, but but like, but there becomes evidence, and I think that if these stories, like, it's almost like in this world, the stories that we know about fairy and the Norns and other things aren't aren't really there they're not they're just not present because nobody ever suspects or, or like when when he's told he's a changeling like Valgard's reaction he kind of seems to know he's a changeling but he doesn't know really what that what that means right there's never a reaction like oh yeah i've heard that story this is what that means it, it it's almost like these these myths and stuff exist without context and I, I, it's just a weird thing about like in the book and in the way these these books like this kind of yeah the way stories in books like this function or don't function or aren't present right sure so
1: it would be. I mean, I also think it would be weird if we opened up Grimm's Fairy Tales and it was like, here's the story of the self aware Hatter, and the like. The Hatter is approached by a genie, and the genie has a thing, and the Hatter says, "No thanks. I know that genie stories are cautionary tales," and keeps going, and then. He finds a magic ring and he says, mm, uh, "I'll probably, uh, I'll just, I'll just put that in the bank for later. I don't, I don't need well, that." yeah, now. yeah, yeah but You gonna... get these,
0: you get these genie stories where people are like, "Well, I've heard what genies do. They're tricky, right? I'm going to think this through a little bit. Like, just that little bit, like tells you, oh, okay, this is a thing that right, happens." Right, but when
1: are time. those? But, but when are those genie stories from? Right. Yeah, yeah. Are they from you know, A Thousand and One Arabian Nights? Or are they from you know, yeah, fifty years ago?
0: Yeah, but they, but there's so little. I mean, the only the only nod to that is when he says like the the Jotuns and the asir play games with us right okay so these stories mm-hmm. are there somewhere but then nobody pays any attention to really the fact that they're in one of these stories do, do you know what i mean it just it, it, it bugs me a little bit it, it's okay because this is one of those stories <laughs> but, but 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 it's but the story is so in-depth i think the grim fairy tales and stuff they get away with that because they're short stories so they read like they're the basis for all this stuff right but if you have a kid going to the woods like anytime after that, and they find a house made of candy, you know, it's, it, he better be having a reaction to it. You know what I mean? I don't know. Sure. Anyway,
1: I mean, I you would right if you if you walked outside right now and you know uh, there was a house made of candy across the street, or if you know uh, a, a an old kindly woman was trying to give you an apple, you would you would start to think twice. You would be like, okay, something's up.
0: Sure. Well, if if, but, if if Odin rolled down from but, and, the sky on his eight-legged steed with his spear and said, "Hey, I want what's behind your belt," I'd be like, <laughs> "I'd be like, no sir, no sir." <laughs> you know, you know what I'm saying? And I mean, Odin doesn't even live here, right? You know, you know, like 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 she lived in the land of Odin. That's what I'm. You know, see what I'm saying? You know, I mean, like. I'll save I'll say uh, I'll get your cat's diet going but uh, it's going to whatever's <laughs> behind your belt's mine like no uh-uh, no oh man I
1: mean but that's just it though is that you there's an argument to made that you live in the world of Odin just as much as these characters do that like you may not believe in Odin but that doesn't mean that Odin isn't real like that's that's sort of the mindset you're supposed to go into when you're reading a story like this right
0: Sure sure sure, sure. but but Odin I mean but, I mean like she doesn't even blink when Odin comes to her right Frida doesn't and like
1: well okay maybe well maybe Frida's just dumb. <laughs> maybe maybe Frida you know what Frida didn't have that we all had hmm. she didn't have public education she didn't go to college <laughs> uh, she's never had Wikipedia she probably can't read she probably doesn't actually have the ability to read text well she's, she's probably never read a book
0: she just talks in emojis Frida <laughs> She's
1: got She go, she went to church every week and and the priest told her what to think And, uh, you know, oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry that the Viking woman uh, that who regularly espouses what is and what isn't Christian. I'm sorry that I'm accusing her of having gone to church. That's not a that's not an inflammatory thing. I'm saying that's a true fact. I'm saying that's the best education she's ever had. So what do you what do you want from her? Yeah. yeah. What do you what do you want from her? Oh, that's really
0: funny. That's really funny.
1: (laughs) I think we've put to bed The Broken Sword by Paul Anderson.
0: Do, Do you have any idea what we're reading next week? willow or for next time
1: i have no idea i'm reading this uh well are we still how how far are we into our year of sword and sorcery and we're not even
0: like, we're not yeah. even running yeah. halfway we're, we're doing great we're killing it all right
1: oh no this is such a long year
0: i've got i've got ideas i've got ideas for the next book okay we'll talk offline about that uh, but if you <laughs> okay. if you know what we should be reading next uh feel free to email us at bookstabberpodcast at gmail.com we'd love suggestions uh willow is reading the uh the Eddie LaRue book by V.E. Schwab based on one of those things. I'm sure
1: we'll talk about it over the next two episodes. <laughs>
0: I'm sure we will. It's
1: going to take me a while to finish it.
0: I'm sure we will. So, alright. Well, uh, thank you for listening, as Willow always says.
1: Keep stabbing.
0: Alright. Later.